technology can't function without the human element behind it, really driving the decisions. My personal belief is that the technology is there more to hopefully take care of the manual tasks or collecting the data and presenting it in a way that will help as people make the best business decisions. But ultimately, you can't write an algorithm for risk. It takes a human weighing analytical data, qualitative, quantitative, and just tacit knowledge and putting all those things together to make a decision. Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today you're in for a treat because we're going to talk with Erica Telly. Erica is a podcaster extraordinaire, and she works with governance data and a wide variety of other topics at Microsoft. So Erica, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of your podcasts, and I'm very excited to be here. Additionally, you're the only University of Puget Sound graduate who's ever appeared on this podcast. And I fell in love with that university when my daughter was on the college recruitment trail. So kudos for that. But could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Sure. So most of my professional background has been in consulting, specifically around EDMRS systems. So electronic document and records management systems, enterprise content management systems especially focused around SharePoint. And then more recently, I I focused expertise on our Microsoft 365 compliance area. Compliance has always interested me. When you have so many constraints to work through, you can be more creative, I believe. And so it's just an interesting lens to have on implementing those type of systems. And then most recently, I joined Microsoft as our senior product marketing manager covering records management, which in non-Microsoft speak, I'm essentially the direct responsible individual for records management at Microsoft. So I've never heard anyone say compliance leads to creativity. Yeah. I may purloin that from you. That's great. So I'm also, I was really interested that you talked about SharePoint. And it seems to me now that you say that and you talk about Microsoft 365 and in your current role, You've really been a part of the evolution of data, data governance, putting data in formats that can be much more user-friendly over the past maybe 15 or even 20 years. Yeah. I was originally actually a consultant on the SharePoint product team when we were designing the enterprise content management and records management features that became SharePoint 2010 back in the day. And, you know, we certainly have learned a lot about how to make user-friendly solutions that enable compliance, knowledge management, and still allow for collaboration and productivity. And I'm sure we still have a lot more we can learn as well. You know, I was just thinking back when I was first introduced to SharePoint, I think it was around 05, maybe 06. Uh, I was a major energy company and it was a revelation and we could govern data, basically, and use it in a much more flexible way. And from the legal perspective, it was great. So anyway, I was just intrigued. I hadn't heard anybody say SharePoint in a long, long time. Uh, 
Okay, so let's get to the pod, Uncovering Hidden Risks. I've enjoyed that pod. I've enjoyed the reboot. But could you tell us what led to the reboot? Yeah, so we're always looking at what chief information security officers and related roles, as well as people in compliance leadership positions, are interested in learning. What we've been hearing from them is the world is changing rapidly. There's so many new regulations and privacy laws to comply with, and they really want to understand what their peers are doing. What are people finding to be successful? What are best practices as they work through these common challenges? And so with the podcast, we're trying to bring those stories to light so that we can all learn from these best practices and successes and hopefully apply them in our own situations. So I've heard a couple of themes throughout the podcast series reboot. And one of them obviously is tech solutions. As we mentioned SharePoint, as we've evolved past SharePoint to much more sophisticated tech solutions. But every one of your guests has made clear it's not simply a tech solution. It's the human element. It's having a person who can work with a tool, who can use the data the tool generates to create, on one hand, better governance, but also more efficient business process. So I really wanted to ask you or maybe explore your thoughts on the human role in this and its interplay with the tech solutions that you've talked about so far on the pod. Yeah, I mean, I think you've hit it right on the head. Technology can't function without the human element behind it, really driving the decisions. My personal belief is that the technology is there more to hopefully take care of the manual tasks or collecting the data and presenting it in a way that will help as people make the best business decisions. But ultimately, you can't write an algorithm for risk. It takes a human weighing analytical data, qualitative, quantitative, and just tacit knowledge and putting all those things together to make a decision. Having the tech maybe surface things that you weren't aware of that we can see as signals or just collating data from different places. That's how we can help with maybe the analytical data-driven portion to help humans make the right decision. In the last decade, maybe 10 years ago, you would often hear, well, this tech solution will allow the subject matter expert to get away from really what are administrative tasks or simple data input and data collection. But what I see today is not that. I see that it has given the subject matter expert in whatever subject matter, much broader remit of data available to them. It's just expanded out what data can be analyzed, what data can be monitored, and what data can be used. And so that it's not made subject matter experts' life easier. It's made it actually, I think, qualitatively better because you can actually do more. Would that be a fair assessment from your perspective? Yeah, I agree. And I think it presents a couple benefits and a couple challenges. So where we have made gains is in things like, if you want to, you can purchase a solution that will extract metadata from a document. So no longer are humans having to necessarily fill out metadata fields, which I think everyone on the podcast knows how important that can be. But as you you alluded to, we have a lot more data, a lot more sources, And especially after the pandemic, where suddenly we had to work remotely and people were spinning up cloud applications to do that, that has made it harder because each one of those systems has different settings 
different things you need to do to drive compliance and get that same subject matter expert is the one who's expected to know those settings and how to configure them. The other thing I see is that obviously there's a regulatory component that you have to comply with. That's what compliance is, compliance with law, whatever the law might be. But I see compliance as a business process. And the thing that excites me about what you and your team and others at Microsoft are doing is that it gives me as a compliance professional the ability to improve the business process of compliance. Obviously, that we're one component of an overall business process, but if you can make the compliance process seamless or less friction-based or more efficient, you can make your overall sales process more efficient. Would you also find that to be accurate? Yeah, I think that's absolutely one of Microsoft's strategic differentiators in this space. So I'll use an example of a records management solution since that's my area of expertise. So in order to do great records management, you might need a workflow solution as you use in your example. So we have a whole team in charge of our Power Automate workflow solution that's innovating and building on that. It's not up to the records management product team to do that. Another example is we have a whole research part of the organization that's looking into AI and how to make it applicable to daily productivity work. It's not the records management team that's having to do that. And so all these pieces coming together now makes a solution that hopefully is going to be saving people like yourself a lot of time, heartache, and hopefully money. Absolutely. So let me turn to your book because you're a published author. So kudos for that. And the book is entitled Microsoft 365 Compliance. Can I start with the question of why did you write this book and who it's his audience? Yeah. So, I mean, the story goes back to the pandemic. It hit and I was working as a consultant at Microsoft, helping customers deploy our compliance tools. And suddenly I was one of the only team's compliance experts in the world. And it was a, a very scary moment because you're trying to keep governments and businesses like online and functioning within a two-week period. And after going through that, number one, I had to learn all of our compliance tech at a very, very deep level. And number two, I realized we needed a lot more people that knew this stuff. And I found it a bit pain. Our documentation's great, but my learning style prefers a more narrative approach. And so I decided, hey, I'm just going to write a book, try to help the next person that comes along and make this easier for them. When I was having these conversations with customers, oftentimes, if we were lucky, we'd have both the compliance experts and the IT experts in the room. And I was finding they weren't speaking the same language. They would literally have different words for the same thing. And so I tried to, in this book, speak to the business scenarios and the why for the compliance people at the beginning to help the IT people understand that side of it, and then go into the features functionality and how to configure it for the IT people. I have to say, Erica, the thing that intrigued me the most about your book was not actually the technical knowledge I learned in reading it. It was you calling it a practical guide to managing risk. And I talked to a lot of compliance professionals, and oftentimes they don't understand that compliance is really about managing risk. So I really wanted to ask you, why did you say it's a practical guide to managing risk and what risk do you see? And then 
what are some of the risk management solutions you try to bring forward? Yeah, and I would say I took maybe a little bit of liberty with that title because this audience, we have a very defined opinion on risk management. And I was trying to speak more to the people maybe just getting into it. But what I meant about practical is it's great to go through and do our risk assessment in our organizations and identify those areas, but then we have to do something about it. And if we don't do the second part, the doing something about it, it's not practical. You know, it's not putting it into practice. And so what I wanted to try to do was as much as I could marry together the business scenarios with the practicality of, okay, great. That's a good scenario now. But where do I click to do that in Microsoft Solution Set? Part of the book deals with the regulatory aspect in the form of laws. And we have laws as divergent as GDPR from the United Kingdom, CCPA from California, a smattering in between. How do you help someone or a client or customer really think through keeping abreast of those laws? Or is, is that what they're looking to you and your team at Microsoft to help them with? Hopefully we're helping them. So this is a great example of the practical guide part. So one of the beginning chapters is on a tool we have called Compliance Manager, which is a compliance posture assessment tool. So as an example, we have an assessment that Microsoft has built using lawyers to interpret the requirements of, let's just use GDPR as an example. And we've created a checklist of the steps you would take to configure Microsoft 365 to be compliant with GDPR. And then we've also included the business process pieces that you need to have in place in that checklist as well. So you can go in there, spin up the assessment, start working through and evaluating which pieces are complete, which are still outstanding, and go from this theory of I need to comply with GDPR down to the practical level of here's how I'm doing it. So let me turn to a little bit different focus, and that's ESG. But I really want to zero in on the G because I see a huge component of risk management in data and data governance and your the robustness of your data governance program directly in the G of ESG. And I wanted to ask, is that something that you see as well? And how do you help try to facilitate that discussion with your clients? Yeah, I was so glad you asked this question because I actually got my wheels turning a bit. So I agree like that the data piece is in governance, right? That's your cybersecurity, privacy practices, et cetera. And this is related back to your tech versus people conversation. So the data is maybe more the technical side with a bit of the people mixed in to build the business processes that make the tech work. But when I revisited the S, the social, I also thought there was maybe some aspects in there related to compliance as well. So things like how are we ensuring healthy working conditions, diversity and equality, inclusion, customer success. Those are things that a good technology solution helps support as well. I could not agree with that last component more. And I really advocate that compliance needs to either lead a corporate ESG effort or at least be at the table. And many people think that it's really about the G, even with the as important as the E and the S are and the process as well. Let me go back to the podcast and maybe ask you what's down the road for the pod. I hope uh, you're able to keep going. 
Yeah, I think we've had some great episodes so far. And there's a couple things on my wish list for the future. First, I would love to hear more from listeners from you about the topics that are top of mind for you. What questions are you running into around your compliance programs? So that I can find a guest that maybe has had success in that area and can tell us how they did it. And then I'd also love to expand the podcast to broader perspectives. When we were first starting out, you know, we went with great guests that were more easily accessible to us, like Microsoft employees and customers. I'd love to get some more diverse perspectives from maybe non-customers, from leaders that aren't Microsoft employees, so that we can really help be a part of this conversation that's already happening in the compliance space around these issues and contribute some value to it. So Erica, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But before we leave, I wanted to ask if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself, any of the topics we've touched on in this podcast or the book, where would be the best places for them to go? Yeah. So check out the Uncovering Hidden Risks podcast. You can find it on your favorite podcast platform, such as Spotify, Apple, etc. You can find me on all the social media platforms first and last name. And then you can see the Microsoft 365 compliance book on Amazon or your favorite book reseller. I'm only going to have to add that Uncovering Hidden Risk is available on the Compliance Podcast Network as well. So by special arrangement with Microsoft. Eric, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me and I hope we can continue this conversation. Thank you for having us. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review. 